there will be people who don't feel you. There will be people who are not going to vibe with you. There will be people who will make bad plans against you. There will be people who are going to accuse you. Your life is not always going to be hunky-dory. Hello everybody and welcome to you are tuned into the That's right. You're tuned into the Abide podcast with your girl Misha Solanga aka Pastor Mish on the streets. <laughs> okay, before I get into the podcast, let me actually clarify this because I have been getting quite a few questions on Instagram about like am I actually a pastor or is this just like a term of endearment that people use? No, I was ordained a pastor this year April. So, your home girl is actually a pastor. I just don't go by it on social media, but those who know call me Pastor Mish. Not because I'm ashamed or anything. I just don't find that it's, you know, a big thing. Let's rather operate, let's rather function, um and in due time if I have to use the the title but that doesn't matter. For now, let us continue on this journey child of the Psalm 23 breakdown. It has been such a ride. It's been so beautiful. Just allowing God to reveal himself, allowing God to be God, you know, and just teach me, teach us together who he is and and have him basically renew our understanding of him if that makes sense because I feel like my understanding of God has been developed even more. It has been shifted, you know, it has increased. And that is the beauty of walking with God. It's not one, it's not linear. You know, he's always moving. You know how with the Israelites it it, it would say in in Exodus that he was um the a pillar of cloud by day you know and and a a pillar of fire by night which 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 teaches us that he was always moving them to the destination that he was taking them to which was you know Ikanana or Canaan as we know um um that the promised land the land of milk and honey and for us our pilgrimage our our journey with god that he's moving us through is into the likeness of jesus christ so every time he moves we need to be focused on the pillar to see that his presence is still with us when his presence moves we need to move with him you know so if he's elevating your understanding of him in the season if he's shifting your perspective in the season you need to move with him don't be stuck don't be stuck bro don't be stuck sis if god is elevating if god is moving if god wants you to see him in a new light be willing to learn be willing willing to grow because i think another one thing that kind of hinders a lot of believers from growing in christ is that you have this one linear idea of who god is supposed to be or who god said that he was maybe a season ago and you're like but why why are you not going to be the same <laughs> but anyway we're neither here nor there today is all about the psalm 23 breakdown we have come to the end boom 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 <laughs> We have come to the end of the sermon series. I'm not just going to call it a sermon series because I've been preaching, child. I've been preaching on Cheney Street, okay? So, we are wrapping up this sermon um of Psalm 25 I'm um, Psalm 23, sorry. Psalm 23 breakdown and it's been such a blessing. It's been such a blessing to me. It's been such a blessing I believe to a couple of y'all who have DM'd me on Instagram. You know, if you don't follow me on Instagram, follow your girl on Instagram you know who have empty empty me those of you who are commenting on YouTube you know clearly god is doing something and i mean the mere reason that he would wake me up one evening one night and be like yo girl you need to do a breakdown of psalm 23 so that my children can understand who i am so that my children can understand who i am to them and how they can relate to me because at the end of the day what we need to know as believers is that god is always pursuing us God is always pursuing us to know him better and grow in relationship with him that's what he wants ultimately you know he says my children are perishing because of lack of knowledge so i'm just like okay god i'll co-labor with you to bring this knowledge to your people because that's why we're here anyway 
Today we are going to be doing verse 5 and 6. We are going to be wrapping it up. Both verse 5 and 6 we're going to do it in this episode because I was like I don't want to just cut it up and do another video just for the sake of doing another video when they both could fit in one video. So let's get let's get into it. So verse 23 actually I want I'm not going to read it. I want I want to go old school with it. Let's let's read it from the Bible. Bible. Okay, let's go old school with it. Because I know some of y'all probably don't even read your Bible anymore. You read it on your phones. I still have an old school paper bag. It's, it's tired, but you know what that means. <laughs> right, okay, let's get into it. Psalm 23, verse 5 and 6. Psalm of David. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows or my cup runs over. Verse 6, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forevermore. Amen and amen. Let's actually just pray over that right quick. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, Lord God Almighty, for this opportunity for this time, Father, to fellowship, for this time to be with you in communion with you, Father God, for this time to learn more about you, Lord God. I pray that I may decrease, Father God, and you increase in the wonderful name of Jesus. I pray that everyone that is under the sound of my voice in this point in time, whenever they're listening to this video or watching it or listening to the podcast, that, Father God, the Holy Spirit may just touch them in a different way, that, Holy Spirit, you may illuminate their minds in a different way to understanding you better and understanding you deeper. I pray that these, this podcast series may call each and every person listening to a deeper intimacy and relationship with you in the wonderful name of Jesus. I pray I give you all the glory and all the honor for there is none like you. Amen. Par, let's go. Okay. So King David says here, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies and you anoint my head with oil. Now the past couple of verses, we're moving from the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And he was painting this picture of a sheep shepherd relationship. And I explained that extensively in the previous videos. So go and check episode one, two, three, and four. Okay. So that you can understand this relationship that King David was talking about. But right now it seems like there's a new shift in a, not an understanding, but a new way to view God as now the orchestrator, as now the, the, the this grand host who prepares a table now let's talk about a table what this table means or what it symbolizes is a feast okay when when we think about it culturally and contextually to the time that david lived in when people were hosting banquets they didn't just make a mere, a mere table that was just a small small type of thing no 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 honey they laid out the feast Okay, this implies that there's a whole celebration taking place for whatever reason. But in this case, when David says, God, you are hosting a, a feast on my behalf for me in the presence of my enemies. You are making a spectacle out of me in the midst of my enemies. And when I read that, I remember years ago. I was, I was, cause this is a scripture that I've been reading for years. And I said this in the first video, we've all been reading Psalm 23. We have this scripture, but I remember years ago, I wrote a reference. I don't know if y'all can see it, but okay. You probably can't, but I wrote a reference somewhere here and it says, First Samuel chapter 16, verse 13, like way back when, and I, I went back and I revisited the story of David when he was now about to get, when he was getting anointed actually. So when Samuel, the prophet goes up because God says to him, I need you to go to the house of Jesse and I need you to anoint a young king because Saul is being replaced because Saul is doing his own thing. Child of God, you are replaceable. <laughs> okay. If you think, because the thing is, there's this misconception that Utiko 
that God is going to always just run after you. Listen, God is going to pursue you. But if he's pursuing you and there's no reciprocity in this relationship, and that's it. What are we doing? Even us as humans, and I'm not saying that God is human, but even us as humans, I get tired of chasing after one person. That's just facts. If there's no reciprocity taking place, like what are we doing, right? So how much more does God feel that? But in his grace and in his mercy, he gives us countless chances. But the Bible speaks that there will come a time where you will inquire of him and you will seek him and you will no, he will no longer be found. That's in the Bible. So you need to, when he seeks you and he pursues you in this way, make sure you return, come, because there's going to come a time where the door is closed. That's just Bible. That's not me. I'm not making this up because I want this Christianity thing to be exclusive and just for me. This is the word of God, child of God. Okay? Anyway, I'm, I'm getting a bit off topic. Like I was saying, God now is being shown by King David as someone who is creating this affair and we see this happening in first samuel verse um first samuel verse chapter 16 right where oh david is being anointed in the midst of his brothers if you know the story you remember that he wasn't invited i don't want to go through the whole thing but i want to read verse 13 for you specifically reading from the bible so it says here that samuel had come and he called for Jesse and he said, bring your sons because I'm about to anoint a king, you know, from this family. And Samuel, you must read the whole chapter. Chapter 16, verse 13 is just the one where he speaks about how he anointed David's head. But before all of that takes place, what precedes that is that Jesse brings all seven of his sons and he excludes the eighth. Why? There is, there is, um, there are articles written, you know, about in Jewish history, about this whole concept of David's mother and his father, about how his father never really wanted him. So the, so him being born last, it was a thing of, I don't want this boy, you know, and they treated him like a slave. They treated him like the lowest person that there was in their household. So that's why he was outside when everyone else was working inside. That's why when Samuel came to anoint a king, his father didn't even call him because they didn't rate him for Jack. They didn't love him. They didn't care for him. They were just like, okay, cool. He's just another person in the house, right? So when we say he, uh, he, he anoints my head or he, he makes a table before me, what David is doing, when I was reading it, I was like, okay, David, you being kind of shady. Don't I? Are you calling out your family? You're like, okay, God, they didn't want me, but you prepared a table. Because this is what happened. Wait, I want to actually find this specific scripture that... Look, 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 wait, when he gets there, right, to, to, um, so Samuel gets there and he says, go to Jesse's house and sacrifice there. Okay. He went to Bethlehem. This is verse four. So Samuel did what the Lord said and went to Bethlehem and the elders of the town trembled at his coming, wondering if he's coming peaceably. He said, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. So sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. So this was about to be a whole thing. Okay, this was about to be like a mimi, a vibe, you know. So there were people from the town and it was said that, listen, when these people were doing something, when Jewish people are doing something in this context and in this time, they go big. So there was a whole table prepared. And the people who were preparing it thought they were doing it for themselves. But little did they know that they were preparing for a table for David. God was preparing a table for David in the midst of his enemies, in the midst of people who hated him, his own family, who didn't rate him for anything. And in the end, when Samuel is looking at them, he says, but this is not who God has sent me to. Is there another son that you have, Jesse? And, and he says, ah. There's that one there in the field. He didn't say it that way, but like, I'm, I'm imagining that that's how he said it. He was like, there's another one there in the field. Go call him. And David comes, a young boy, a shepherd boy, dirty, 
he was in the fields playing his harp probably you know watching the sheep just doing what he was told to do being an obedient kid even though his family doesn't love him somewhere further in the psalms he also speaks about how like his heart broke that he didn't have a relationship with his brothers like this is actually in the bible but anyway that's not where i was going um so samuel calls in david and he anoints him in the midst of his brothers can you imagine the level of hatred the level of what why are you anointing him he doesn't deserve to be anointed he, he, he's not worthy to be anointed, not just from his father, but from all seven of his brothers. But God being God anoints his head with oil. And not just that, there was a feast created in the presence of his enemies. I hope you get what I'm, where I'm going with that. But God is so faithful that he will prepare a table for us in the presence of our enemies. You know, in the sense that now he makes a public spectacle of our faithfulness. There's a reason why God chose David. There's a reason why God chose David. He was a kid that was listening. He, even though his family didn't love him, his father told him to do something and he did it. You see it in chapter 17, 18, as he grows, that when his father says, listen, go to your brothers and give them bread. He got up and he went to his brothers and he gave them bread. He didn't argue. He was a good kid. And God saw those qualities. He saw the faithfulness that David had towards his father, even if his father didn't particularly like him or love him, but he was still faithful. And that, listen, these are the qualities that God is looking for. We need to be faithful people. We need to be a faithful generation, obedient generation that does what God calls us to do. And it is in our obedience and it is in our faithfulness in the, in the, in the, in the hidden place. It's in our faithfulness when no one sees. It's in our faithfulness with studying his word and spending time with him when no one sees. Going to Sunday services, going to Tuesday prayer, whenever your church has prayer. Going faithfully even though you're not getting anything, you know, materialistically or, 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 or that has any material value placed on it even if you know your instagram following is not growing because you're posting about jesus it's in your obedience where god deems you worthy to prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemies oh that's a word because we want the table to be prepared but we haven't done anything to deserve the table in verse one to four king david paints a picture for us of a faithful sheep walking with god a faithful sheep that's allowing themselves to be led by Jesus Christ on this journey of life. Whether he's leading you to green pastures, whether he's leading you to quiet waters, whether he's leading you through those valleys of shadow of death. But you keep walking with him faithfully. You keep obeying him even if things don't look good. Even if things don't feel good. Even if our circumstances don't agree but we continue to obey. It is in that faithfulness that God says I'm a prepare. The preparation of the table is imminent. The preparation of the table is going to happen. But it's, con it's, it's waiting on your obedience. Ooh. Listen. I was talking a while ago with my editor. And we were having this shout out Tandega. We were having this conversation and she said, It's so important for us to not make this thing about us. It's not about us. Our walk with God, when God glorifies you, when God grows you, when God gives you favor amongst men, it's not about you. It's not about us. And we, we had this conversation where we were saying how the moment it stops being about us, God makes it about us. Because look at this. He prepares a table for David in many instances. Go throughout the life of David. This is not just the only one that I'm referencing in 1 Samuel. David had many enemies. King Saul was David's enemy. But God prospered him in the midst of that. And as a result, King Saul hated David so much he wanted to kill him. 
He sent people out to kill David because he hated him. He plotted against David to kill him in his sleep because he hated him. But God was so good, he protected David, he kept David, and he prospered David in the midst of his enemies. Listen, there will be people who don't feel you. There will be people who are not going to vibe with you. There will be people who will make bad plans against you. There will be people who are going to accuse you. Your life is not always going to be hunky-dory. And now just thinking about it, I'm like, oh God, I'm, I'm not trying to deal with any of that though. But this is a part of life. If Jesus had opposition, why were we not? He says, take heart for I have overcome the world. In this life, you will, f you will have trials. You will have tribulations. You will face hardships. You will have haters. You will have your Judases. You will have people who come into your life with a bad heart. You just need to take heart. Yo, Gossam, I don't want a deal. I don't want it for myself. But it's a part of the journey. But in the midst of all of that, when we are faithful, God says, I will prepare a table for you in the midst of your enemies. Oh, is it not Jesus who had his last supper in the midst of Judas? And he said, one of you will betray me. There was a table there. They were eating the last supper. It was a banquet. It was a feast. There was a feast in the midst of Jesus' enemy. And he discerned the enemy in the... Oh, I don't know where this is going, God. I, know, I don't know who you're talking to. I don't know what you're trying to say. Maybe you're warning me. Ish. Let's keep it moving. You think with God, we never really know. Hey? We just need to wait and see that what he's going to bring and what he's going to manifest in our lives. But ultimately, the in the presence of my enemies is not for us to glorify and to boast. It's for him to get glory from. Because when people see how God prospers you, it's not you who gets the glory because you ain't done nothing. It goes back to him. It's, oh my goodness, God, you have put me on this platform. God, you have grown my platform. I can take no credit for it. I can, people are like, how do you feel? You know, because obviously since this whole blow up on Instagram, you've got 20K followers, you've got this, like, like that. It happened like this. That's why I say I'm living in a miracle. I'm living in a sign and a wonder where people are just flocking to my page because God has opened the curtain. He, he moved me a little bit from obscurity and he says, okay, they can come see now. I've prepared you in the dark for years. You were frustrated in the dark, but you were faithful. Now they can come see. Come on, somebody. Come on. Be faithful. Even when no one sees, because God sees. He's the, he's the ultimate audience. He's the ultimate audience that you need to please. Anyway, that's not where we are. When we prosper, when God prospers us, when we grow, other nations come and see. How do you do it? How your business growing so fast? How's your, how's your page growing so fast? How, how, how are you so healthy? How are you looking so good? How you look? It's the glory. It's Jesus. Because everything now becomes a thing of, guys, it's God. I can't take credit for it. It's God. And when, 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 when he gives it to me, that's my thing. I'm like, God, if you give it to me, it's going to come back to you. When you trust me with it to steward it, it's coming back to you. Because it's not mine. I, will, I try my best never to take the glory of God. Because that, that's going to kill me. <laughs> that'll kill us faster than anything but keep this in mind when you grow when you prosper when god succeeds you the glory goes back to him that's why he makes it a point he says he doesn't make the table in your house where no one can see you king david says you prepare a table in the presence of my enemies they must see they must see this god that you are going crazy for He's real. Misha, what do you mean you went from 6,500 6, followers and then in two weeks you had 20K? What do you mean? It's my God, G. That's just how my God moves. My God doesn't do simple math. My, my, my dad does godly math. He's like, oh, they want the algorithm and you must post it a certain... No, baby. 
Just be obedient and I'm going to show you flames. Okay? In the presence. I'm not saying people on the gram are my enemies. I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying that God will make a point out of your life when you are faithful. That's where I'm going with this. And we see this in the life of King David. But now let's keep it moving. He says, you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Or my cup runneth over. Anointing speaks to being enabled to function in a certain capacity when i was anointed a pastor there was a physical oiling that took place that represented the spiritual oiling or the spiritual anointing that god had now bestowed upon me to operate in the office of a pastor now and we all have different graces we all have different levels of anointing which are which are influenced by our faithfulness to god which are influenced by our level of sacrifice unto god which are attributed which are influenced by also our level of obedience to god so as we walk it won't be the same it won't be the same, but as you grow in faithfulness, God increases the anointing upon your life so that you can operate in certain spaces, so that you can operate. You know that thing, arise and shine and give all his glory. But the kid says, glory. Have you guys seen that video? I'm going to put it in so you guys can see. <laughs> but that is what it is. God wants us as a nation. He wants us as his bride to arise and shine and give him the glory. To go out into the nations and preach his word and make disciples. Because when we do that, he receives the glory. Right? So he anoints us on different levels to be able to function in different capacities. To ultimately bring him all the glory. Okay? So King David was anointed by, king, by, by Prophet Samuel to, op to operate as a king. Another thing that anointing does is that it's a form of separation. It's, a, it's, 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 it's David, he was being separated from the normal people to now say that this is, this is now going to be a king of the nation of God. He is now set apart. He is consecrated unto the things of God. So when we accept Jesus Christ as well, we are consecrated by the Holy Spirit. We are set apart and we are anointed by the presence of God to now be separate from the world, even though we are in the world. We are in it, but we are not of it type of a situation. You have, you get what I'm trying to say, right? So, so, so it's important to understand that we are all anointed on some level, but your level is not going to be the same. If, you, if you're not faithful, your level is not going to be the same as someone who's being faithful. If you're not obedient, your level is not going to be the same. Everyone has an entry level of anointing. Everyone has an entry level grace. Everyone has an entry level salvation. But when you move and you walk in your calling and you walk in, oh, the, uh, Apostle um, Paul says, when you walk worthy of the calling that's upon your life, God increases you. He tops you up. As you grow, he tops you up. As you're faithful, he tops you up. As you obey, he tops you up. As you sacrifice, he tops you up because he can see that you are proving yourself worthy. You are proving yourself as a faithful son. So he gives you more. He entrusts you with more. What I get from verse five ultimately is that God wants us to prosper. God will set a table for us. God, not only financially, not only materialistically, but even he will prosper us. He will prepare a table of understanding his word. There is abundance in God. My cup runs over. He gives you more than you can handle. That's why I can flow in creating videos because he gives me my portion. And then he says, there's an overflow that I want you to go teach from. Mm. There's an overflow that I want you to go teach other kids from. So when I come here, I'm brimming from the cup. It's not even brimming. It's overflowing, Dasekai. And God wants that for you. It's not just for me. It's not just for other people on, on, on YouTube or on, in the church or big people in the, in the bride of Christ or in, in the church. It's for every single one of us if we dare to come and take it. 
People who have a deeper revelation and a deeper understanding in the things of God are people who dared to be faithful. It's people who dared to go spend time with God. It's people who dared to ask questions and be like, God, trust me with your word. Trust me with your things. I'm going to be faithful. Test me, Jesus. But also understand that when you say that, there's going to be a requirement. There's a level of sacrifice. Yeah, but that's a conversation for another day, guys. The things I didn't been through, but it's another, it's another conversation. Let's jump to verse 6 right quick. He says there, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. See, this part is a nice way to wrap it up with a bow. He gives us a whole story. You know, he paints a whole picture from verse 1 to verse 5. And he says, you know what? I'm following this God. This God is taking care of me. God is providing for me. He's protecting me. He's disciplining me when I need to. He's the entire package. Surely, if I continue to follow this God, if I continue being a faithful sheep in his pasture, surely his goodness and mercy will follow me. The goodness I experienced in the past, it'll continue to follow. I don't have to do anything extra. All I have to do is obey. All I have to do is follow. All I have to do is say, God, where are we going now? Oh, we're not going anywhere. We're chilling. I. Oh, you want me to shut that business down? I thought you, okay, no, fine. I'll do it. I'll do it. Oh, you want me to move? Oh, you want me to do that now? But I'm not ready. Oh, okay, fine. I'll do it. All I have to do is have a willing heart, have a submitted heart unto him. And surely his goodness and his mercy will follow me. I don't have to chase God's goodness and mercy. God's goodness and mercy follow me. I got everything that I need. Your goodness and your mercy is following me. Got everything that I need. Cause your goodness and your mercy is for Oh! I got goodness. Hey! Go, go listen to that song, okay? I Shall Not Want by uh, Maverick City. So good! But what I'm trying to tell you here is that, child of God, you don't have to chase after anything. You don't have to run after anything. If you are submitted to God, if you are living your life the way God wants you to live it, His goodness and His mercy will follow you all the days of your life. And you will dwell. You will dwell. You will abide. He says, abide in me and I will abide in you. You will abide. You will dwell. You will live in the house of the Lord forever and ever. What, what is in the house of the Lord? It's his presence. So when we dwell, it means you, you are going to abide in where his presence is. In the body of Christ, in the church, you will dwell. You're not going to hop out and be like, oh no, church people are whack. It's not about the people, baby. Be in there because God has, command us, has commanded us to be there. He says how good it is for brethren to dwell together. Right? For it is like the oil that flows from the, from the beard of Aaron down to the garment, to the skirt of the garment. You know, it is where he commands his blessing. I think it's Psalm 133 where he says that. So it's important for us to be in the church. Even though people in the church are messy sometimes, don't be there for the people. Be there for God and he will bless you with the right people in that space. Okay, this thing of people wanting to not be in church anymore, I'm not with that. You need to be in a local house, child of God. You need to find a local house that you are going to serve in, a local house that you want to grow in. Pray to God. If you don't have one, pray to God that he direct you to a local house that has got sound doctrine, that has got good leaders, a good pastor who will be able to be your covering and to pray over you, you know, and to lead you. Okay, that is very important. But ultimately, this scripture just reminds me, I think the entirety of Psalm 23 just reminds me to rest. 
in a society that's telling you that you need to run, you need to be doing too much, this teaches us to rest. Because in everything that's happening, God has got us. God has got us. We don't have to be doing too much. He has got us. So move in this confidence. Move in this confidence. Not confidence in yourself, in your abilities, in your wisdom, in your own, you know, your degree, your job, your paycheck, the car you drive, the family you, you come from. No, 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 no. Have confidence in who God says he is, who he says he is to you and what he wants to do in you and through you. Okay. So I pray, Father God, right now that whoever's heart is desiring this relationship with you, that Father God, you may enter their hearts. I pray, Father God, that if there is a soul right now that is yearning to come into your kingdom, that, Father God, you may, you may draw them near. That you may draw them near, Father God, in Jesus' name. I don't know why. I, okay, Father, okay. If in this moment you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can wait until Sunday and go to your church and accept him as your Lord and Savior. Or you can open your heart and pray. And the Bible tells us that we, we, we receive him, you know, by confessing with our mouth and believing in our heart. So if that is something that you are led to do in this moment, I, I want to pray with you that all you have to say is, Father God, I recognize that I have lived my life in my own way. But in this moment, Lord God Almighty, I repent. Father, I want to be a sheep in your pasture. Lord, I want to be adopted into your family and become your son. Father God, I renounce all of the evil that I've walked in, Father God, and I, I want to accept you as my Lord and as my Savior. Come into my life, Father God, and reign in my life. In the wonderful name of Jesus, I pray. I pray whoever has prayed that prayer and has believed in their heart, Father God, and has confessed with their mouths that you are Lord. I pray that you may overwhelm them with your Holy Spirit. I pray, Father God, that you may engulf them with your love. I pray, Father God, that, Lord God, you may lead them, that you may be a lamp unto their feet and a light unto their path. I pray, Father God, that you may bring people who will be able to disciple them and lead them, Father God, in paths of righteousness as you do in your word that you tell us. I give you all the glory. I give you all the honor for there is none like you. I've never done that before. Okay, especially on video. But if if you happen to have accepted the Lord Jesus through this video and to this part at, at this end, please make it a point to pray. When he says, oh, and my heart is moving for whoever might have accepted Jesus Christ. I have no guarantee that someone is, but I'm just moving from obedience because God told me that I needed to do that. I pray for you right now that you pray. Speak to God because he's listening to you. He hears you. He loves you. He wants you to talk to him. He wants you. He wants relationship with you. That's why you just did that. You have been welcomed into the kingdom of God. You are a son and a daughter now. Okay, so I pray that you are going to go go and find a local house that you can serve in. Go find a church where you can grow. Go find a church where you can learn. Okay, and come back to YouTube. Go to my DMs. Talk to me. Let me know. Ask a question, whatever. I will help how I can. Okay, but that is it, guys. We've come to the end of the Psalm 23 breakdown. And I'm so excited if you made it this far. 
you're awesome <laughs> if you made it this far you're amazing but that's all that's all for me guys on this i don't know when we're gonna have another video um i'm just waiting for god to give me the green light on the next piece of content that we're gonna do but i've been so blessed by this series and i really hope that you have too but from your girl misha ah it's time to say goodbye <laughs>